love of the Heap's mission is not to bash, rip, pan, grill, or flambe the subjects we explore. Nor are we here to put performers and other artists down. More importantly, we also recognize that part of the creative process is failure, and believe facing those failures with a critical but genial attitude should be the norm. There can be no success without failure. After all, you can't spell hopeful without flop. Hi. 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 How are you? Hi! Oh, I thought we were doing like a Meisner thing. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because you know I, because you know I really love doing Meisner exercises. Oh, good lord! How are you? You asked me first. Oh, I'm fine. How how are you? Oh, okay, thanks. I'll go. Um, <laughs> this is going great. I'm fine. Um, fifteen days until they take my face off. So. Oh, uh, Katie and Scott have accepted your invitation to. Um, the Shiva? To your Shiva, yes. I don't know if it's getting done before or after. I haven't decided yet. I assume after. You don't want to have a Shiva before the faces. Dead. I know, but it was kind of like a letting go sort of thing. But I also am just like, I I don't have the energy. Katie wanted to know if you're required to cover the mirrors during a Shiva. Uh, you're supposed to. Will you be doing that? I mean, I guess maybe during recovery. But I'm also not inviting people over during recovery because I'm going to look like a balloon. Maybe you should have it before then. I know that's that's. Maybe you should do it the day before. That's. Well, oh, he, this is the issue. That's why we're having issues. What? Why? Uh, Luna's going away until literally the night before my surgery. They're getting back at like uh... two in the morning. I have to be at the hospital at like five thirty. Do you need help or a ride or something? Uh, no, I mean, I can drive the car there, and, you know, if something goes wrong, it's, you know, I can get in myself, as long as okay. Luna or their mom or someone is there to pick me up. I, I'm literally staying from, let's see, I get there at 5.30 in the morning, surgery's at 7.30, they said it would be about five or six hours-ish, probably. Well, if anything changes and you need me to, like, come crash and yeah. pick you up or anything, just I let mean, me know. I mean, if you want to come by, I'm literally going to be in the hospital all day from whenever I'm done, probably around three or four until the next morning. Okay. And what um what hospital are you at? Um Lennox Hill. All right. Uh we'll talk about it before. So okay, so you're doing dinner Saturday night the twenty sixth. Uh, with you? Is that what And by din by dinner I mean sh the Shiva with uh cold cuts. No, I'm not Meat because plate. Luna's not gonna be here. That's like that's why I'm like feel like I have to do it after. Well, you can do more. You could do more planning if you make it afterwards. Yes, I would literally have to get it done within this week, essentially. Okay, so never mind. Um, this is a very special listener mail episode. Yay, John! How old? <laughs> how old is the oldest email in this thing you sent me? This document. Oh, oh! I didn't put the years. Did no, I? you didn't. <laughs> oh, what you did? You I did. Didn't. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, no. Wait, did I? Oh, no. Okay, John, what do you think the oldest one is? 2021? December 8th, 2020. So, a backstory, we never... I assumed... This whole podcast was Marla's whole idea, so I kind of assumed from the beginning that Marla was handling 
I don't know anything. Checking the emails and paying the bills and everything. I was paying the bills. And apparently, apparently, no one ever bothered to check the email ever. So we're reading all emails. Luckily, there aren't many. Oh, that that feels good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, it did feel nice to read the ones that we did get because some of them are sweet. No complaints? No complaints, which is kind of surprising, <laughs> actually. No, it just goes to show <laughs> only our biggest fans are actually mm-hmm. listening. Um, you know what's a question we didn't get that I was kind of hoping we would? Mm-hmm. Is where does the Flop of the Heap overture come from? Do you know the answer to that? No, you... Oh, you did tell me when you first got it. Do you remember? And I don't remember the answer. It's um, it's the overture to a show called Primrose, which was not a flop, but never played in the United States. Not evening Primrose, but just Primrose. Primrose. Okay. Take me to the world that's real. Show me how it's done. Primrose it was 1924... George and Ira Gershwin, a book by Guy Bolton and somebody else, I can't remember, and I think Ira Gershwin did the lyrics with somebody else, but I can't remember. 1924, that's the same year that Gershwin wrote Rhapsody in Blue, so this was a big year. Primrose, I think he was commissioned to write it for a London producer. Um, It ran in London, it was a a success, and it ran in Australia, but it never, there was never a premiere in America until 1987, when I guess the score was uncovered in one of those fun stories and there was a concert version. And then there was a, I guess, a staged reading in 2003. But other than that, no, it's never been staged. So what you're saying is you chose this because we wouldn't get in trouble for using it. We would not get a letter. I thought it was a, <laughs> I thought it was just obscure enough um, that uh, no one would ever come after me for <laughs> floppifying it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I guess maybe I'll eat my words. Um, let's read some emails. I could have gmailed all night. I could have gmailed all night. It's still Googling, actually. Is it? Yes, because, well, if Google is a, a verb now, then Googling can refer to anything done on Google.com, no. which can include a search no. or checking your email. What? Yes, yes. It is clearly yes. just searches. No, if you look at porn on Google, you're Googling. Yeah, because I had to search for the porn. <laughs> Did God. you know that uh, red states watch the most transgender porn? I did know that. I did know that nugget. I think you you probably told yeah. me. <laughs> oh, that's just... I mean, it's not surprising at all. Mm. Oh, give us some t- pup dates. Tell us about... Uh, tell us about all of them. We're going to Connecticut tomorrow. I've been just walking around all week going to her. Oh my God, dogs love Connecticut. <laughs> I know. I li- all, like, literally all week I've been like, you want to go to Connecticut? Yeah, you love Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> she has no idea. No idea. Where are you going in Connecticut? What are you doing? We're just going for a day trip to get like 
lobster rolls, bisque, go to a brewery. Oh, how fun. Yeah. I love that. I want to do that. Little, I want to have a New England day. Just a little outing before they take my face off. <clears throat> like you do. <laughs> this first email, I don't remember what year it was. The date is January 27th. Uh, it's post-Sherry, because they mentioned the show Sherry. So it had to be this uh, year. This uh, yes. No, there's some older ones. I guess I didn't put these in order. I think I put them, I think I curated yeah, them Yeah, but if it was Sherry, we li- Sherry was only like four or five episodes ago. It all seems like a lifetime. Anyway, uh, this email listener's name is Brad Solo. He writes, Dear Marla and John, thank you so much for your recent podcast on Sherry. I enjoyed it very much. I am a creator admin for a Facebook group called Alexander Wolcott, The Town Crier. And we have talked (laughs) about this musical many times, I have no doubt. I do agree with you that it is what Sondheim would have termed a Y musical. I'm always happy to hear Alec Alec Wolcott's name mentioned under under any circumstances. He's on a a nickname basis with Alexander Wolcott. Um, Under any circumstances nowadays, and especially by two such bright and lively people as yourselves. Thank you so much, Brad. That's really nice of you. Olive, stop. I know. Give me one second. I need to go let her in. Yes? Do you want to go to Connecticut? <laughs> yeah, you want to go to Connecticut? <laughs> now she's scared of Connecticut. Okay, you're ready. Are we going? Uh, yes, the, so thank you very much, Brad. You're next. Hello, John and Marla and Olive. Oh, you didn't say who it's from. Oh, it's from Elizabeth Kelsey. January 7th of... I don't know. Who knows? Hello, John and Marla. My name is Elizabeth Kelsey, and I'm from Dubuque, Iowa. I like saying Dubuque. I also like the way it's spelt. Mm. I'm writing... spelled well. (laughs) I'm writing to both of you for two reasons. As a new and very impressed listener of Flop of the Heap, and as a recent and very impressed attendee of the Cats National Tour. Oh, wow. I was going to send you... um, I, I got a tic-tac, tic-tac, a tic-tac on my... You got a tic-tac? Yeah. From RuPaul? <laughs> I got a tic-tac on my FYP today of someone doing uh, cat's drag. Okay, yeah. Okay, the rest of Kelsey's message. <clears throat> first things first, I love your podcast. I found Flop of the Heap a few months ago and was immediately obsessed. I've listened to all the episodes, some multiple times. I'm so sorry, Kelsey. Ooh. I enjoy <laughs> I enjoy your show both because the two of you are absolutely hilarious. Your readings of the reviews and lyrics send me into stitches. But also because I am truly learning so much about shows, actors, theaters, and producers and would never have known about Oh, sorry. That I would never have known about otherwise. Yeah, we live we live to educate, Elizabeth. Side note. Also, thank you to Marla in particular for opening my eyes to some of the problematic themes in recent Broadway shows, like Tootsie, Mrs. Doubtfire, and Some Like It Hot. As a cis white female, I will fully admit that I am not always initially aware of how themes like that are hurting the trans community, but I am trying to learn and get better. Good for her. The things you've shared have already opened my eyes to pick up on the men in dresses trope and other harmful anti-trans stereotypes in other media I consume. 
Thank you for being honest and sharing your story and your truth. She goes on. Mm. Anyway, thank you for creating a wonderful podcast. I know both of you are quite busy, and I don't know if you plan to release more episodes. I understand you took some breaks before, but if you do, know you have at least one fan in Iowa who will listen eagerly. And finally... (laughs) Yay! (laughs) They're the one blip on our statistics from Iowa. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) Elizabeth Kelsey pops up every time. Bloop! Right there in Iowa. And finally, I'll just add this to John in particular. Congratulations on a wonderful performance in the National Tour of Cats. My family and I saw the show in Des Moines on Thursday, January 5th, and you were tremendous as Busterford Jones, Peter, and Gus. I can't forget Peter. (laughs) (laughs) That's just the, you're dancing cat, right? Like in the dance Peter is the random cat that I appear as in the opening number, yes. (laughs) Thank you so much to you and all tour performers and crew members for being willing to uproot your life and travel the country to give us Midwesterners, or wherever we live, Earth, <laughs> a chance to see amazing live theater. It truly means a lot to people like me. Okay, that's well. enough babbling. Thanks again to both of you, and Happy New Year. Sincerely, Elizabeth Kelsey. Thank you, Elizabeth. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, and Happy New Year to you in August. (laughs) (laughs) We're closer to 2024. Oh, God. Um, That was great. Um, I'm glad glad she saw cats. That was nice to hear. Oh, we have Elizabeth Kelsey again. Oh, yes. I'll read. uh, She sends us two emails, and they're like a year apart, but... (laughs) Or no, no, maybe they're only a few days apart. I can't remember. Um, also, I love that she didn't thank the the cast and crew of just cats on tour. She she thanked casts and crews everywhere, mm-hmm. <laughs> all of them. And go, oh, going <laughs> back to uh, the the some like it hot thing, I've had yeah. every time on tour. You know, I always ask, I'm like, is anyone seeing any Broadway shows on my tours of the Statue of Liberty, not theater tours? I'm always like, right. did anyone see any Broadway shows? Plan to see any Broadway shows? And anytime I have someone who saw some like it hot, I have to like, I can't talk about it. I'm going to out myself. You can't talk about it. No, not not in the way you want to talk no. about it. You Maybe you can work up a few uh, zingers mm-hmm. or two. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you opened my eyes to a bunch of... Bullshit? Uh, ways of looking at gender that I wouldn't have thought of otherwise. Oh, God. So thank you. You're, thank you. Let's just yeah. keep thanking each other. This is excellent. Thank you, John, for collecting these emails. Oh, sure, yeah. Thank you, John, for editing the squeaking sounds out of my chair. Um, <laughs> I'd rather not. I do have good news. Once, not with the what? chair, but once the desk is fully set up. <laughs> don't get too excited, John. Then and only then can you buy a new desk chair. No, um, once the desk is set up, I'm <clears throat> setting up my monitor in the center of the desk, and it's going to be feeding off of my laptop which will be off to the side on the little shelf i'm putting on the side so the fan won't be a problem okay i can't wait (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i had so much trouble editing um the testimonials last time was it the fan or the chair you know people no because just like the recording you know they recorded on their phones and i have that audio which is fine i can put that right in but then you and i listen to the audio together oh shit that is difficult and then i had to take my earphones out 
to listen to it so that you could hear it. And then the feedback of all of the sound <laughs> by the time I put it all together. Oh my God. It's it's I'm work I'm still working on it actually, <laughs> but not by the time anyone listening to this listens to it, because this is going to be after that episode. <laughs> Thank you for editing that audio, John. Oh, you're welcome. You know, this was your idea, but I believe in it. <laughs> that makes one of uh, us. <laughs> you. Uh, okay, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Kelsey writes to us again, January 25th. John and Marla, uh, just had a chance to listen to your most recent episode on Sherry this morning and thoroughly enjoyed People it. have a lot to say about Sherry. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I barely Sherry. remember that episode. <laughs> Another show I knew nothing about and found extremely interesting and hilarious. In response to your discussion about shows with exclamation points, I present to you the best exclamation point show I know because it has three. Snoopy the musical. Did you know that? Wait, not like, not your good man Charlie Brown? Is this something different? It's a different show, yes. Is it about Snoopy? The dog? Yes. Excuse me? <laughs> ah! Ooh, Dog Sees God the Musical. How do we feel about... Would, would that be a thing? Dog Sees God the Musical, I I mean, I don't recommend that. I think it'd be a good idea. I'm down for it. Okay. Snoopy Three Exclamation Points is the title of the show. Um, I don't know much about Snoopy. I'm looking, I'm looking it up I right know now. it came after You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. Yeah. Uh, let me finish reading. As you look that up, I'm going to finish the email. Um, Elizabeth says, I particularly enjoy how the licensing website states that the show, quote deserves each of its three exclamation points, end quote. <laughs> My community theater did the show when I was small, but I didn't see it, so I'm not sure if it truly does deserve all three. But either way, it's amusing, and she finished that sentence with three exclamation points. Oh, it actually is a straight-up sequel. Yeah. Wow. Um, it was great to see... Uh, uh, what year was it? <clears throat> 75 San Francisco, 82 Off-Broadway. Yeah, never really went anywhere. I get, well, it's licensed. I suppose schools probably do it quite a bit. Um, but I've never seen it either. I've seen You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, several times. Mm -hmm. I guess if you're going to do one, you do that one, right? Yeah. It was great to see you back on the podcast. I guess that was after we did take a break for a few months that winter. Uh, take care. I'm looking forward to the next episode. Um, thank you again for writing us, Elizabeth. Is it me? Should I go? Uh, your turn. Who wrote to us okay. next? Okay. Uh, Brooklyn Williams. This is April 1st, 2022. Hi, Brooklyn. Oh, I vaguely remember this. Okay. I think they follow me on... I think Brooklyn has reached out to us before on, yeah, on Instagram or something. I think something. they follow me on TikTok. This might be the person who follows me on TikTok and uses our okay, what voices is, every once What does Brooklyn Williams have to say? Hello, Marla and John. I'm reaching out on behalf of the Raggedy Ann Revival Effort, a student-led volunteer effort working to revive the 1986 Broadway flop Raggedy Ann. Yes. We recently discovered the flop of the heap episode on the show, which we thoroughly enjoyed. It's not often we find such a genuine and well-researched, not to mention entertaining, review. As many commentators choose to focus entirely on the criticisms, were we good? Were we nice about the show? <laughs> we do a fair mm -hmm. amount of that, to be honest, Brooklyn Williams. Um, but 
Yeah, I mean, we do try our best to, at some point in each episode, put a a benefit of the doubt or a positive spin yeah. on the whole thing. I mean... <laughs> our main goal is to obtain the, currently in legal limbo, performance rights to a revised script. However, our secondary focus has been to uncover lost media from the original run so that it won't be lost to time. Hmm. There's plenty of recently uncovered information to supply follow-up episode, and if you'd be interested, possibly a discussion with some of our team as guests. Mm. They sound like they know more about the show than anyone, so... I've CC'd the other uh, rare, what was the Raggedy Ann Revival effort organizers. Rare is the Raggedy Ann Revival endeavor? Effort. Organizers. (laughs) Rare! In this, as, like, I saw it, and I was immediately, like, I read it, and I was like, the the anti-drug program? Well, yes, it, it refers to, yeah, it, you get a reference <laughs> to D.A.R.E., and also, you know, it is a mm-hmm. rare show as well. Uh, organizers in this as well. We'd love the chance to fill any gaps in the show's history or plot you might be curious about. In your episode about the show, the sidetrack into presenting theater for family audiences really caught our attention. We're very curious on your further insight and would love to hear more on your thoughts and experience. Hmm. We share the hopeful sentiments of the episode's conclusion and see the potential for a revival that solidifies the show's themes, gives purpose to the darker points, and reinvigorates its score. Thank you, Brooklyn Williams, She, They, He. Wow. Uh, regarding theater for young audiences, um, I sort of started my career in theater education. I was an education major in college. And then luckily for me, my first opportunity uh, to work after graduation was in a theater. Um, so I was doing edu- educational programs at a Surflight Theater, which is a place that Marla and I have both worked. And um I worked there throughout my summer college years and a few years beyond. Uh, I directed tons of children's shows, and I think, well, we also started a school tour, which is a very different animal. So, like, one thing to know about youth theater is that there's so many different types. Um, There's adults performing for children in professional and semi-professional regional theater. There is our educational touring programs that go to schools in a tour, large or small scale. Um, That's adults performing for children. Then there's a whole world of shows designed to be done by kids or community groups of various ages. Uh, After Surflight, I worked at Pennsylvania Youth Theater, and that was more of an after-school theater camp-type program. It was all art, dance, acting, music classes there. And that was a little semi-professional theater. Some people were hired to perform along with the kids, so there are elements like that. And then there's some shows that are children's shows that are huge professionally produced national tours, you know. All that, I mean, everything that's produced by uh, Paw Patrol and Sesame Street and My Little Pony and all that stuff is those big budget children's theater. So, yeah, that's kind of what I know about that. Don't ask. I Marla, don't. you've done a little bit of children's theater, uh, no? I mean, I had, I got cast in something in college that was the children's show for the year. Mm-hmm. Any children's theater I've done has been like, working in a theater doing a show and they're like you want a few extra bucks like you know sure learn this short little script well that's how a lot of people yeah that's how a lot of folks get their start or 
end up doing a bit of children's theater at some point is because we need people and uh, a lot of folks aren't always interested in auditioning specifically yeah. for that, although they would enjoy doing the performance just as much as anything else. And that's the thing I learned through doing it for so many years, teaching, directing, directing kids, directing adults, performing for kids, writing for kids, is that it has to be sincere. It does not work if it is performed in the stereotypical way you think about performing for kids, you know, <laughs> like so over the top, so unbelievable, so clowny, uh, that <laughs> all semblance of reality is gone. I mean, kids are smart, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? So never talking down to a kid in the context of a show is something that I think every actor that works in any kind of theater really needs to learn. The audience is the same. Um, yeah, I wonder really what the question was. Further insight. I mean, that's all I... Yeah, that's kind of my experience. Um, I'd like to get back into it. Uh, I, one of my shows was produced in Ocean City this summer... Uh, My Little Red Riding Hood. Did you ever see that one, Marla? No. Uh, we did it at Surflight a couple summers and a few other places. It's it's cute. You'd like it. Music written by Broadway conductor Andy Einhorn, personal accompanist to Audrey McDonald. Mm. <laughs> mm hmm. I have some hilarious outtakes of Andy screwing up lyrics. <laughs> when night comes around and it's ink and black, I get wet and out. Shit. Yes, because I fucked it up. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again, Brooklyn. That was a great email. And uh, regarding Raggedy Ann, I mean, good luck trying to revive it. I think it's a tough challenge, wouldn't you say? Yeah. I mean, there's so many things that we laughed at, like, because they were so ridiculous. But it's like, would they, are they enjoy? I feel like some of them are, like, enjoyably ridiculous. Well, I I don't remember if we discussed it, but the the cartoon, the animated version, was one I remember. I think we brought it up, particularly from my childhood. It is, it's very unlike a lot of other animated films for kids at that time because it is yeah, so it's nightmare fuel. It's particularly dark, and I I do think. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong in a new in another email, Brooklyn, but I think Brooklyn likes that and i remember liking it a lot too as a kid like it's just so weird it really is scary and it makes the stakes very high um you know and if you have if you like the aesthetic of the darker tim burton kind of a story then the raggedy ann show was probably a lot better than it would have been to a, a critic looking at it from a completely mm -hmm. different eye I mean, I think there there were problems with the script and the overall... I think the the darkest nature was the whole death of a child thing, you know. Or was it General Doom trying to turn a child <laughs> into his concubine or whatever? It, it was a lot, come to think of it. <laughs> sick, sick, sick. Yeah, quick... Ge it's just general doom. And we think you're gonna die. No, it's non-specific. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, okay, uh, ready for the next email? Yeah. Okay, this uh, came to us November 24th, 2021 from Anna Leitner. Hi, I just finished your back catalog after discovering your lovely podcast late last Thursday night. You two have great banter and superb content, and I'm just so glad that you put this podcast together. <laughs> I'm glad someone <laughs> noticed us. <laughs> 
Good luck with anything and everything, and hoping to hear more soon. I'm kind of broke, or I would support the Patreon. So sorry. All the best, Anna. <laughs> Thank you, Anna. We appreciate it. <laughs> Reaching John, out. What are you gonna do with your six <laughs> fifty? I'm gonna get an ice cream. <laughs> John and I emptied the Patreon today to pay for things like our email address and our newspaper. We, pay, we paid all our bills. Our bills. <laughs> and we paid all our bills, and I said, "Divide the rest by two and Venmo me," and it was six dollars and fifty cents. <laughs> Six months over. But at least we get that months. every. That's what that at least I was gonna say. At least we get that twice a year, so it's doubled. Uh, a lucky thirteen. Um, thank you, Anna, for writing to us. And uh, if you ever win the lottery, please send some money our way on the Patreon. <laughs> uh, but we we will have new episodes coming your way. Um, okay, your turn, Marla. This one comes from Carlos. No last name. Uh, how mysterious. Mm. August twenty fourth, two thousand twenty one. Oh my god, a year, two years ago. Jesus. Jeez. Hello. How's it going? Hope all is well. I have some cool information that might interest you. Uh-oh. What am I? Your podcast, Flop of the Heap, has good performance in Apple podcast rankings. Last th- John, what is this? What? I, I don't know. It was one of the emails we received. <laughs> it is spam. <laughs> Can, please keep reading. <sighs> Has good performance in Apple Podcast ratings. Last 30 days, position 33 in category performing arts in Mozambique. <laughs> oh, position good. 247 in the category of performing arts in Australia. We're big in Mozambique. Right. Well, we're position 33 in the category of performing arts. We got one in Iowa, one in Mozambique, and the rest are in my apartment in Brooklyn. <laughs> This data is provided by podstatus.com. Happy podcasting, Carlos, from Podstatus. This episode of Flop of the Heap is brought to you by podstatus.com. No, it's not. If They're not you have a us. podcast and want people to listen in Mozambique, try podcaststatus.com. Podstatus.com. Uh, thank you, Carlos. Um, sorry we never took you up on that offer to... I don't even know what the offer was for. This is going off the rails. Go on. <laughs> okay, here's the next one. Um, this is from Oleg Oleg Sokolov, January 22nd, 2021. I'm your biggest fan. Please keep the episodes coming. They're fascinating. Quick question for you. When you did the episode on Kelly, you seemed to have a lot more information about the ins and outs of the rehearsal process. How were you able to gain so much information about that show's history? Oleg, you want to tackle this one? How are you able to gain so much information about the show's history? Do you remember how he got... I remember there was there was a... Wasn't there like um, It wasn't a documentary. No, I, I believe there was a, like a, an, a magazine article... Following them following them there was a yeah there was a writer for a newspaper or a magazine that was doing a story on the creation of a broadway show from start to finish and what they ended up was recording a real messy process that ended up being a complete disaster so that is the reason we have more information on that one remember we read a lot of quotes Mm -hmm. from that guy's um article i think that whole episode is us just reading and reading because those stories are bonkers oh moose charlap 
Moose Charlap. God, I remember loving that one song from that show. I can't remember the title. Was it the one that's lasted? The one that's, like, still... Yes, it's the song that's done in cabaret occasionally. Um, it'll come to me. I'll have to play a clip. But I'll never go there anymore. I'll never go there anymore. No, I'll never go there anymore. Um, December. Oh, is this me? Yeah. Uh, this is December. Oh, no, you should read this. Yeah, one. thanks. December 8th, 2020. Automatic reply. Thank you for contacting the New Jersey Motor Vehicle Uninsured Motorist Unit. Please be advised that during the COVID-19 health crisis, process response times for emails and faxes may be delayed. Please do not submit your documentation multiple times, as it will only slow processing. All correspondence must include a New Jersey driver license number and a telephone number. Oh, thank you, automatic reply. The New Jersey Motor Vehicle Uninsured Motorist Unit should hire me to read their messages. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you use the Flop of the Heap podcast email as a insurance fraud claim? I don't think I did. I have no idea. Because <laughs> it, was, it, was it was when I took my mother's car and there was this whole big issue with insurance. I don't know. I would not have used that email unless... Unless I contacted them and did not realize, like, in my big email app and had not switched it to yeah. a different email address. Well, it was from 2020, so who the hell knows? Yeah. Um, okay, you're the next one as well. This one is from Catherine B. August 10th, 2023. August 10th? That's three days ago. <laughs> <laughs> hey, John and Marla. I love your podcast and have learned so much. I thought I knew everything about Broadway, but every episode impresses me. One quick question. On the last episode, part one of Bad Cinderella, John describes the humor of the show as... <laughs> John describes the humor of the show as Mimi. What does Mimi mean? Is it a reference I'm not getting? Or is he mispronouncing meme? Keep up the good work. Looking forward to Cinderella part two. John? Uh, Mimi. Mimi is the adjective form of the noun meme. Yes. So when I described the humor as Mimi, I, that's what I meant, not Mimi. You good for nothing, Mimi. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that Rogers and Hart song? No. It was, uh, um, Marie Chevalier sang it. Oh, shit. Mimi, you're good for nothing. Stupid fucking Mimi. <laughs> Mimi, you funny little good for nothing. Mimi, am I the guy? Mimi, you sunny little honey of a Mimi. Yeah, me, I, th I think I just said it. I made it up. It's not a word. I made it up. <laughs> uh, thanks for emailing us, Catherine B., I want to do a quick shout-out to some of our recent Patreon patrons. Uh, Andrea C., 
uh, Connor M and someone named Mm-hmm uh, have all donated at various levels, and we thank you for any level that you're uh, willing to contribute to our process. <laughs> I'm trying to find... Where's our membership list? Oh, is this it? Okay. Do you even have that? Yes, I do. Okay. I mean, some of these are people who, um, prob- before I started my TikTok Patreon, I think just start giving to this Patreon. Okay. Do you think if I list them right now, they're going to hear this and be like, oh shit, I'm still paying for that and drop it? You want me to give you the 650 back? <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anyone else on that list? Let's see. We got Katie. We got Lindsay Guy. Kate Hadley. Judy Trailer, someone named Hello Ladder, Sandy Goldsboro. Sandy and I used to work together at Surflight, actually. Oh. She would write grants, and I would d- d- write children's shows for the grants. <laughs> Al Funkoot, Paul S., and Connor M. That's great. Oh, I love all that. Well, we really appreciate your continued support of our research and uh, hopefully entertaining delivery of these insane stories um i thought while we have uh oh wow this is almost 45 minutes already yeah i don't think we need to do any more we did it okay um we i still want to encourage people to go back and listen to all the episodes from the beginning yeah just anytime you hear my dead name just leap (laughs) it out of your head (laughs) okay you want me to go back and you want me to go back and bleep out all of your dialogue (laughs) some of my old some of the old episodes are my absolute favorite, and I yeah. hate sending people to them for that reason. Yeah. Um, but like, they, are, uh, like, they are still good episodes. Yes. Like uh, I, Honestly, Kelly's, I think our first couple, Kelly, Merlin, Lahuli was pretty early. Uh, they those were are all great. fantastic. They're great. Oh, my God, those shows. I still think Lahuli can work today. I still do, too. <laughs> Let's produce it. With what money... One of my favorites, I think, is Via Galactica, for sure. Really? Oh, yeah. Shall we friend, shall we friend, shall we friend? That one was funny and sad. I do, I remember reading the, remember reading the insert that they put in to explain the plot? (laughs) Yes, that's right. I honestly thought Let Him Eat Cake was a fascinating episode. Let Him Eat Cake was a great episode, mostly because I'm some kind of Nostradamus, but you know, uh, that's... The, the correlations to current events were not were not subtle. So, uh, let's end on a high note. What can we talk about that's happy? No? Yes, her high note. I mean, it was a high note. Why did you say... What was your... Okay. It sounded like you were disappointed in the note, and I'm gonna need a note on why you were disappointed in the note. I wasn't disappointed in the note particularly. Mm-hmm. Did it sound like I was? Yes. <laughs> and I'm very self-conscious now. Mm, maybe you're projecting. Or do you need me to project more? I don't know. Do you, I, I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't typically judge on a single note. You have to kind of sell me a song, you know? I mean, isn't, isn't that what most open calls have you do nowadays? Just sing a single note and then you're done. Yeah, do you, hi, hi. Do you, do you know My White Knight? One measure. Sing it in the original key. I can. I know. Unlike certain performers. Well, there you, go. there you have it. There you have it, folks. Sutton Foster, eat my shorts. But no one wants a Jewish, a Jewish trans Marion the Librarian. I guess. <laughs> God, I love that show. 
<sighs> Fly to Rose, I'm home again, Rose. <laughs> um, all right, well, thank you for recording. Uh, shall we do a mm-hmm. sign-off? Let's do a fresh sign-off right now. Oh. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Follow us on Instagram at Flap of the Heap or email us at show at flapoftheheappodcast.com to suggest our next flop. Like and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you happen to be listening, and be sure to leave us a comment. The Flop of the Heap podcast is researched, recorded, edited, and produced by me, Marla Alpert. And me, John Bowe. Learn more about how you can support our floptastic endeavors by joining us at patreon.com slash flop of the heap podcast. For as little as $5 a month, you too can be a flop of the heap podcast supporter. Until next time. So long. Pew pew pew!